Welcome back, everyone, to 101 Questions That Church Planners Ask. I'm your host, Danny Parmley. So today's question, what the heck are bylaws, and more importantly, who cares? So I've yet to meet a church planter that loves to just dive headfirst into developing their bylaws, and even church planners that love to discuss biblical governance of the church don't necessarily like writing bylaws, and probably not the most fun activity uh, to, to formulate your bylaws, but it is important, especially in those early stages of the church plant, because this is what governs your structure, your operation, and the decision-making of the church. So the simplest way to understand what bylaws are, it's the rules of the game. So I don't know if you've ever been in the situation before where you've played a card game or a board game your whole life with your family, then one day you go to someone's house and they play it a little bit differently. And you're like, well, wait, just like ask my mom and dad. They know the rules. Well, many churches and pastors and congregation members, they run into such a dilemma at some point. So you can't rely on oral tradition uh, when it comes to a legal organization. So as a church plant planter, uh, often you're, you'll slip into kind of this idealistic mentality, thinking that you'll never need bylaws because everyone's on the same page. Just pray about everything and everyone will make righteous spiritual decisions, which is somewhat true. You should be praying about all these decisions, but there will uh, come a time where you need these bylaws. So when you first start, there often is unity and clarity of vision and trust. And uh, the smaller you are, the less likely you will need to reference and use your bylaws. Uh, But what I challenge you to consider uh, is that your bylaws should be written for the good times and the bad times. And no planter wants to think about this. Uh, That you don't want to think in the back of your head, like, what happens when things go wrong? But that's exactly what you need to do. And here's the great news. You do not need to start from scratch. Head on over to the blog, churchplannersask.com. I have two templates of bylaws that will be of extreme help for you. Uh, Both have been drafted and reviewed by lawyers. Both are specific to the state of Illinois, but with just some small adjustments at the top, you can bring them uh, into alignment uh, for uh, pretty much any of the states. Now, the first set of bylaws is structured in a way Uh, that you would not have voting members and that there's not an internal governing board. Uh, This is the one that I highly, highly, highly suggest that you start out with as a church plant. This means that your board will be made up of people from outside of your church. So this would be like other pastors or network and denominational leaders. The rationale behind this is that you structure in a way that you're nimble in your decision-making Um, but you still have accountability. Uh, Secondly, you don't want to install elders uh, this early in your church planting process. That'll be a whole other episode dedicated to this topic, so make sure you check that one out as well too. Um, Now, the second set of bylaws, that template, is when you're a couple years down the road and you've identified leadership from inside that can become elders or board members. So that one will also include voting membership. There will be a whole episode on membership as well. So let's just talk just a little bit about the template. Uh, I'm not going to read all of it, obviously, uh, right now, but there's a couple things I want to highlight just for you to be kind of uh, be thinking about and some of those important things. So Article 6.3 
It's the privileges of the directors. The directors shall have all the powers necessary to direct and manage the affairs of the church as are allowed by the law. This means that all legal decisions must have director approval. It also means that the board of directors are the only ones who can hire and fire the lead pastor. Now, why is this so important? Well, I know of church plant situations where the planters had their friends or people that they didn't know that well become board members. And guess what? They ended up firing them. So, or other situa situations where launch team uh, had become voting members and had the ability to vote out their lead pastor. And this happened and they were voted out unnecessarily. So this is why having your board of directors as the ultimate decision makers and you are on that board uh, as well. Article 11 is called indemnification. It's a big word, but basically it means that the directors of the church, if they're caught up in some sort of lawsuit pertaining to the church, that these directors aren't paying for it out of their own pocket. It means the church will, will back them and their insurance policy will cover them. Any wise director of a nonprofit is going to make sure that this article is in there. All right, Article 12, the right to dissolve. The directors of the church by affirmative vote may dissolve the church. Again, only the directors have the power to do this. You don't want to get in a situation where, um, you know, maybe people that you don't trust or the congregation can just all of a sudden vote one day and you're on vacation, you come back and the whole church is legally shut down. Article 12.2 is disposition of property upon dissolution. In other words, if this whole church plant goes belly up, what is going to happen to the assets? Yes, maybe there's a building that needs to be decided on or it's just a trailer full of sound equipment and pipe and drape. Uh, but just like when people die and there's fighting over the property when there isn't a will, the same thing will happen with church plants uh, if they die and there isn't a clear statement of how the property is dispersed. So again, church planners are like, why would I write something you know, that is that putting me in some sort of situation where I, I'm saying that I think the church is going to die. It's just a prudent thing to do. So you don't want to think about those things and they may not transpire till years and years and years even after you're gone, but you just put it in your articles um, in, or into your bylaws uh, right away. Uh, article 13 is dispute resolution. So this lays out how to work through conflict. And I love this. Okay, so in my pre-marriage counseling, which I this was that was not my strong suit, by the way, uh, I never told couples that they shouldn't fight or that fighting was a sign that they were headed for divorce. Instead, I always told them to learn to fight fairly, set the ground rules. And Article 13 in your bylaws is exactly that, how to fight fairly when there's a disagreement or conflict. Now, I pray that you never have to reference Article 13 but I do want to remind you that the church is made up of a group of redeemed sinners. And maybe even more importantly, it's also led by a redeemed sinner. All right, finally, Article 14 is the right to amend. The directors of the church, by affirmative vote, may amend these bylaws at any time. So here's the beauty of bylaws. They grow and change as the church changes. So as you grow in size as you adjust your leadership structure, as you change how uh, members vote or what they can and can't vote on, everything is amendable.
Bylaws are um, meant to kind of grow and to change over time. So now I know that bylaws are not the, the fun and sexy part of planting, but it is really important that you take some time to do this. And remember, you do not need to recreate the wheel on this one. You should, however, have at least a solid understanding of your bylaws, review them from time to time, make sure that you're operating by them. And of course, make sure you head over to churchplantersass.com. You can download your free template. I'm not selling anything. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, keep asking those questions.